Hey, Brian Rathbone here, and this is the fifth episode of the Herald News Sports Podcast. I can't believe they're still letting us do this. Today, Steve Matthews and I continue discussing the top teams from the area. Today, we look back at the 1997 Lost River football team and the mid-90s Mazama baseball program. We also touch up on the 1996 Henley baseball team that also won a state title that year, what it's like to cover two state championship teams in a single day, and we take an unexpected yet welcoming discussion on newspapers. Anyway, hope you enjoy all right, Steve, we're a day later than we typically are. This is your Kirk Gibson hobbling out to home run against the A's in the World well, Series. I wouldn't Mike, Michael Jordan in the flu game or hangover game, whichever one you want to decide. You but know, you're, you're back after a little, little I've brief had a cold. Head, I've had a head cold, and I was, this, I, I was getting to the point where I'm going, I might make it through the summer without a summer cold, but no. Still got a little bit of a sore throat, but uh, the sinus part and all the other stuff is gone, so... I feel like I'm back among the functioning world. It's, it's been a hot week, and it just kind of seems almost ironic that it's, it can be cold season right now. Yeah, but it happens. Well, anyway, we're going to continue kind of our you know, teams, you know, kind of the top teams from the Basin that we've been doing last week. You know, We talked about, well, really every team at least got mentioned, every school in the area. In some way, shape, or form. In yeah. some way, shape, or form, exactly. Um, today, we're going we're gonna to trim it down a little bit we're only going to focus on on two kind of three teams so we're going to talk about you know the lost river football team from 1997 the mazama baseball team we're going to kind of talk about the, their run from in the in the early to early to mid 90s and also talk a little bit about the uh the uh, 96 season 96 Finals. season where you spend a day covering two championship teams which was you know one of them was Mazama and the other one was Henley so um we'll start off with uh with Lost River um so I got some I got some quick facts that um Danielle Bentley Diaz you know sent me so in the 49 in the 49 years of Lost River they've made 38 playoff appearances they've only missed the playoff playoffs twice since 1992 one of those years was 1996 that they didn't miss the playoffs, they come back the next year and go 13-0 and and win the state title. What, what, what can you tell me and our listeners about that I think, um, team? They had a lot of good kids, I mean, for starters, which you do. Um, if I remember correctly, Jimmy Gordon was a quarterback. They had uh, Rod McCollum, um, going brain dead, a couple of the other kids. They had a couple solid line. They... They had five or six really good linemen, mm -hmm. and they were all foot, they were all wrestlers, and so um, their wrestling program was pretty good. Well, they still had one, and all those kids had great balance, and they were just very very difficult on the line because those kids were just so um, quick and and quick on their feet, and, and opened up a lot of holes. And it was you know, and it was kind of fun. Um, and they've had a lot of good teams. I mean, I've seen them in the semifinals. I've seen them in the quarterfinals. I obviously I did the did that that football game that year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's always nice to see your <coughs> you know just back in the yeah. archives and like oh Steve Matthews wrote yeah. this story on them uh, beating. And, and they and they won the game at Autzen and mm -hmm. uh, they beat Glendale. They beat Glendale. They beat Amity in the semifinals and they beat Sio in the quarterfinals. That was. Right. Looked like that was a very good defensive team based on the scores. I think at least in the semis and quarterfinals yeah. game, and, well, in the championship game, they only gave up one touchdown. Well, they were well, I, but it comes back to 
They had really quick, quick on their feet linemen, and they had good speed in the backfield, you know, on the, on the offensive and defensive back, backfields. Um, interesting point on, on Glendale that year is that uh, one of their players that year was kidding Ben Fleming, who ended up playing baseball at OIT and working for the Herald <laughs> News as a part-time job. Mm -hmm. And the coach was Steve Prock, who ended up at Lakeview for a little while. Interesting. And, and, led, and led their football team to the playoffs a couple of times. And Steve Prock now is the uh, principal up at Gilchrist uh, in the Klamath <laughs> County. So there's kind of a little roundabout the way that way. But, um, you know, Lost River had been close so many times. And I think what, because the second time they won it was in a god-awful rainstorm. But this team just had a lot of talent. Um, one of the Be they had one of the Beasley boys. Um, I, I'd have to think a little bit on some of the names, but they just um, they did not have spectacular numbers of numbers of players on the, you know, but the guys they had were very you know were were very good because they were quick on their feet. They were very adept. They had good bat. They had good quickness in the you know in their linebacker core. They had great quickness in their backfields, and those are the components. And the one thing for them is they never suffered a major injury. Mm -hmm. If they had lost one or two of those kids, that season probably wouldn't have happened the way it did. But um, they came back off of missing the playoffs. They had, and so and and I know quite a few of those. You know, I spent a lot of time with a lot of those kids. <coughs> Excuse me, but um, they kind of pretty much had a you know set a goal that um, they weren't going to let that uh, disappointment hit them again, and they came back and they just and they just worked well together. I mean, like say, and that was a, if I remember correctly, that was a pretty close group, you know, group of kids. They were pretty good in baseball, mm -hmm. an expert, you know. Um, Decent in basketball, and uh, at a small school, when you get a, when you get at a, at a school like that, Bonanza, Hosanna, my triad, Chiloquin, even Lakeview, when you get a school, when you get a situation where you have about eight really really good athletes together at one time, you're probably going to be successful. Yeah. Um, at a bigger school, you need a lot more, but at a smaller school like that. And that's what they had. They had just a ton of talent, especially for a two-way school. Yeah. So I, j I just read uh, Brian Mortensen's story from the game. Yep. Old, old Herald News writer. And one of the things I found really interesting from, from that game was just how devastating that loss had to be for Glendale because, one, it's pouring down rain there. They force a fumble. Lost River's driving. They're approaching the red zone. Lost River fumbles, and the ball squirts around, bumbles, like just bumbles around back to midfield. Huge loss. And Glendale's got probably thinking, you know what? That, that, that's good for us. The very next play, Mariso oh Reyes. 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 You know, sc scored like a 50-yard touchdown. To take a two to take a two score lead, Glendale comes back to cut the lead to a one score game, and then and this is the second half. 
that you know the score is now a one score game lost river responds with a seven minute drive that goes 80 yards well, devastating that, that that's just well, smash mouth it, football well i think it is and i think the other you know and and something something i think that i've alluded to quite a few times um since we started these casts is you have to be good you have you have to have, be talented and have all the but you also have to have some luck. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't win without having a couple of funky bounces. And just a couple of things that happen. You have to, you know, you got to have some breaks. And mm-hmm. I don't care if you're at the little league level or the high school level, the college level, the pro level. You got to have a couple of breaks. And if you get there a couple of the right breaks, uh, you got a shot. If you don't, you know, if the breaks don't go your way, um, yeah, it can be devastating. You know, and mm-hmm. and and. Oh, you're right. I mean, a, a monster 25, 30-yard loss, and boom, next thing they score. That's, you know, um, great, you know, uh, you got to have that. And, mm-hmm. and that's part of uh, part of what determines sometimes who wins and loses. It's you just, you know, you and taking advantage of your opportunities, which obviously, and, and in high school football, when the quarters are, what, are what, 12, 12 minutes long, um, I think I don't, I don't even think they're that long. I, they might even be. Are they ten minutes? Are they? I know they're more than. I know. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll I think football is a twelve-minute quarter. Okay. But nonetheless, you take the op- you take the opening kickoff in the second half and and hold the football for seven minutes, and sc- even if you don't score, you've put a lot of pressure on the other team. But when you score, all of a sudden it, it really does change the dynamics of the game a lot. Mm-hmm. And another thing from that game. This had to be a really disciplined defense, all right, because if, if Glendale, you know, based on this story, you know, they ran, you know, the option, and if you miss an assignment defensively on the option, it is a they, – they make you look silly <clears throat> because yeah, all of a sudden you think one person has the ball and everyone goes to them, If you know, like a – well, anyone just like kind of misses an assignment, all of a sudden their person with the, know, ball carry, well, the ball carry is just – all alone. It is, and I think it was back to the quick feet thing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they could adjust real quick. Kind of reminds me of a play I saw when I was still in South Dakota. I saw a football game, and there was it was a snowstorm, and um, one of those kids carrying the ball and kind of got kind of got out to the outside a little bit, and there was a little snow flurry, and the defenders lost him because of the, because of the snow. And next thing they know, it's 15 yards behind him, and it's too late. But um, yeah, I did. I mean, you know. Uh, You know, again, it comes back. Defense wins games. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's a very true point. I mean, obviously, if you hold a team to one score in a state championship game, you're... You hold a team to one score, and I don't care what game you're playing, you got a chance. Yeah. And... Especially in high school sports. Mm-hmm. And so, Lost River, obviously, they have, they have this state title, but they've been a team that has been able to sustain success <clears throat> for the most part. You know, I mentioned, you know, kind of at the top... 38 playoff appearances in 48 years. Only two missed playoff <coughs> appearances since 1992. Yeah, you know, and I think that, you know, and... and How are they able to do that? I think it's a mindset. It's a community mindset. There's an expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes, I mean, Henley has that, obviously, as mm-hmm. well. Um, certain teams, there's a, you know, there, there's... Um, 
and then the more you the, the more success you have on the field in the terms of wins and losses the more opponents kind of have that little momentary question mark you know and, and so you'd have teams coming in here they'd win lost river wins the league so they know they're going to probably play the first game maybe the first couple games at home mm-hmm. team pretty good teams come in and they're going oh my god we're lost river you know and so there's a mindset there and the lost river kids had that mindset that we're going to defend our turf and mm-hmm. and this these are our expectations and it's not a lot of things sometimes that the coaches talk about it's but the kids themselves do and and um I've seen that in a lot of sports, and I think you know we're going to talk about that in baseball too. But there's level of levels of ex- expectation, and that's why you do well. And yeah. I think that's and that's a huge part of that. I mean, the kids at Lost River just they start practice with an expectation that they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. And a lot of schools don't, and I think you know I mean I can I can think of a lot of teams around here, both at the high school and at the OIT level. You have teams that have those expectations. You have teams, and and when you have those expectations and you have that success, uh, there's a little fear factor involved. There really is, and um, if you can take advantage of it, you're going to continue to build on your success. And you bring up that community aspect, and I just think something that's really important is so you see, you're watching this. We'll use Lost River for example. You're watching this team. Do, do well and then you see like these younger kids they, they see what they they can do they're like all right if they can do it then why can't we and as long as they buy into yeah. like all right here's here's the steps you have to and take here's, of, here's the template you have to follow to get there then and a part of that is the fact that some of those younger kids the elementary kids are younger brothers to the kids that are on the varsity team exactly so they're living it at home as well and and that's where that expectation comes from that as you're growing up, and um, you can see that, especially in a, in a community, you know, Lost River, where, where you have Maryland Mullen, you can see that in Tule Lake when they've had their good teams. The little kids want to grow up to be like their big brothers and and their cousins and whatever. Uh, you see that, but you see that in small communities. You don't necessarily see that in larger communities, and not that Klamath Falls is that monster, for the, you know, but it's a pretty good sized community where we have so many schools where you don't have that sometimes you don't have that feeder instinct mm-hmm. that the small schools can sometimes have and I think that makes a huge amount of difference. Yeah, and those are both points that you know the Henley and <coughs> baseball and softball teams brought up this year. It's like these kids that that come through the program, they they see Henley having success, so they expect to have success and they expect to work for it. You know, yeah, in the elementary, elementary mm-hmm. junior on in that the other schools don't necessarily have. And I think that's, I think that, you know, that plays a role into some of this stuff too, without question. Yeah. And whenever I drive out to cover something in Lost River, I just, when you're, when you're going through, is, is it is it Merrill? Merrill, yeah. Merrill. You just kind of get this feeling like, you know, this is a football town. You know, they have the sign like, oh, welcome to Raider Country. Yep. And I just think there is like like what you said, there's like that that confidence that other teams don't have as as they're coming into it it just it just seems like a football town and by all accounts yeah. i mean lost river had a successful year last year and could very well be a, a force again this year at the two-way level one would expect because that's the tradition yeah all right steve 
So ne- next we're going to talk about the Mazama baseball from in, in the early to mid, mid-90s, kind of that 93 to 90, 97 run. So in, in that time, four Southern Oregon conference titles. So and that's with schools, the Medford schools, North and South Medford, Ashland, Roseburg, Grants Pass, te- Grants Pass teams that are now six A, five A schools. Yep, the the big ones. <clears throat> um, so you know this, this information is coming from uh, Joshua Moore, head coach at Mazama. And Josh played on the '96 team. And he played on the '96 team. And he mentioned numerous uh, Division One, Division Two athletes. Pro athletes from from that squad. Well, both uh, both the pitchers, uh, Brian Gallagher and Scott Comer, actually signed professional contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian bailed out quickly and went back to school, and actually pitched for the University of New Orleans. So oh, interesting. Division one school. Um, one of their outfielders was a kid named Tim Cleland, who just re- who at this time last year was resigning as the head baseball coach at Henley, mm-hmm. but he went to Western Kentucky. And you had other kids, a couple of them went to uh, Western Oregon. <coughs> and, you know, and so you had a lot of, you know, um, so that, you know, during that era, they had, they had a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. It just, it was kind of a continued, it's kind of a weird thing because from about 75 to 90, to 1990, KU was the dominant, was the dominant program on mm-hmm. this side of the hill and in the Southern Oregon Conference, along with Roseburg and, and those guys. And then Mazama had that great run, and they had you know uh, they had pitching, they had catching, they had hitting, they had great speed. Um, I think one of the fun things I think uh, I don't know if Josh mentioned it, but there were some pretty good track athletes at that time. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year, um, the paper tried to get something going where they'd have some of the top athletes in the area compete just to see, because a lot of, at that time there wasn't a lot of competition between the twos, threes, and the fours. And um, a bunch of baseball players from that particular group, from both Hanley and Mazama from 96, put together a 4 by 100 relay team and smoked the track kids. <laughs> I mean, literally won by a large, I mean, and, I mean, it was, and that kind of uh, sounded the death knell for that concept. But um, they had all the components. And... There again, they kind of developed a little bit of that sense of of expectation, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and even when the school went down to three A, that's that level of expectation remained there, and they still had an awful lot of good players. And I was looking at the box score with that for that, and of course uh, with that '96 team, I'm looking at Brendan Holmes. Um, I, know, I know his folks and his brother really, you know, and everybody really well. Uh, you had Timmy Cleland, you had uh, Josh Moore. Um, they had a really solid catcher, a kid named Steve Steinbach. Um, they were just, you know, and they were, um, their infielders weren't great infielders, but they were really high quality high school players. Mm-hmm. And so they had all the, you know, so they had it all together, I mean, in that stretch. And, and of course, that kind of carried over, especially when um, Mazam was dropped down to 3A because of the school limit size. At that time, he still had just the four classes. Mm-hmm. But that kind of continuation carried over, and so they started winning some more championships at the 3A level. And, I mean, so I think when you look at Mazama, you kind of like, 
maybe kind of have to go 93 to about 2003 rather than just that short period of time. But they were the dominant program. And I think the thing about the SOC at that time is like it wasn't football, it wasn't baseball. It was nothing unusual to see three of the eight teams in the quarterfinals come out of the conference. Mm -hmm. And um, there were a couple, you know, Matt Smith from Grants Pass was a, was a first-round draft pick by the Atlanta Braves. Um, there were a lot of really good players. It wasn't just Mazama that had talent. I mean, everybody had talent. So, I mean, you didn't um, win the league or you didn't get into the playoffs out of that league unless you were pretty good. Yeah. You had to have a lot of talent. And so, like, pitching was, <coughs> for, for Mazama at least at that time, well, it, was, you know, top shelf. You. I mean, I think we could go through and check out all the schools. And, and I mean, how many schools, how many high schools in Oregon? I'm not talking our area, I'm talking or the league. I'm talking the talking the entire state. Have two kids, two kids, two pitchers, and you got to have two pitchers to win a state baseball title. Yeah. Whether it was under the old rules, whether there's any any amount of innings you could pitch, or under the pitch count rule or whatever it is. Now you still have to. You can't win a state championship without two really good pitchers. Mm-hmm. How many high schools in Oregon have had two have had both their top flight pitchers? Sign professional contracts. It can't be very, I mean, um, it just can't be, you know, you're, yeah, there's a lot of kids that have signed, but to have two pitchers sign, that's pretty darn unusual. And I don't, I can't think of, uh, with the exception of, of a few high schools, you know, there's a couple high schools in Oakland that have had massive tradition of, of professional players. Mm-hmm. But the fact that both, uh, both Scotty and, and, and Brian signed professional contracts tells you something. Yeah, there, about how good they were. Yeah, there, there's no breaks, and you know, there's because yeah, I see, you know, one of them was 13 to 0, and then obviously Brian, I, I didn't see hit his final re- pitching record, but I'm sure it was pretty similar to that. Well, they didn't lose too many games. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, because you just and there again. I mean, you know, baseball like so- baseball and softball, they're predicated on pitching. If you got pitching, you're going to do well. If you don't have pitching, you're going to struggle. Yeah, and especially especially at this level where the playoffs aren't aren't series, they're one game. They're one game, and if you can in a quarterfinal game yep. throw one, throw the other one in the semifinal game, and then the other one in the finals, man, that is and that's, that's what tough. then that's what they would do. And I think the other, you know, and, I, and it still comes down to not taking anything away from the pitchers, but um, I have always believed in all the you know in all the years I've been involved is that. To be really successful, you you have to have a good catcher. And what it is 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 once your pitchers develop confidence in their catchers, and the catchers developing confidence in their pitchers, you see a lot of things happen. If a pitcher doesn't have a huge amount of confidence in his catcher, he's gonna he's gonna make some mistake pitches, and it's mm-hmm. gonna cost him. Um, it may not show up very well in the box score, but you can kind of tell. And likewise, if the catcher has a lot of confidence in his pitchers, he can set targets and do things and know that they're going to hit that and they're going to, they're going to, and they're going to succeed because of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that team had. And they had a lot of, they had a lot of, uh, you know, you had Brandon Holmes at first, and you had, uh, like I say, Cleland and Moore, and a couple of these guys in the outfield. Uh, you just had a lot of, you had, they just had a lot of confidence in each other and. Um, I've seen a lot, a lot of baseball teams where that didn't take place. Yeah, and then in, you know, obviously, nineteen ninety six, they break through 
after two years of not winning the state title, even though they were they entered the postseason as the number one seed or you know the top team in the state. Beat Oregon City two one at Civic Stadium. You were at that game. What was kind of take me through that that moment of seeing a team who had you know gotten close so many times to finally break through. Well, let's. I think you have to look at the the whole day. Okay. And at that time. You had the 2A-1A championship followed by the 3A championship followed by the 4A championship. And the Associated Press had me cover all three games as mm -hmm. well as the stories for our paper. <coughs> and, of course, and Henley wins the 3A championship. Yeah, well, well, let's, uh, but, let's save them for after Well, but, for but that leads into this. Okay. I mean, you can't. Okay, and then Mazama comes out. Well, what you had is you had... Everybody who was going to be at, the, any, at either one of those games, whether they be Henley fans or Mazama fans, so all of a sudden you had a huge fan base. Yeah, Klamath Falls pride. Uh, you know, a Klamath Falls fan base. Mm -hmm. And because of that, everybody from Henley was pulling for Mazama. Everybody from Mazama was pulling for Henley. And, there, you know, and I don't know how many players can think back to that time, but when you walk out there and you hear that kind of a roar from, I mean, sometimes, you know, it's like you're aware of the crowd, but you're not aware of the, you know, of the crowd. Mm -hmm. But they hear this, that kind of a roar and know that there's that many people there. Subconsciously, you go, whoa. And that kind of help, you know, that picks you up a little bit. And I think, and that's one of the things that happened is, um, especially when you haven't been there before. And you had players on both teams that hadn't been in, this, in a championship game. And they kind of played off of each other. And I, so I think that was, you know, there was an element of, of um, subconscious that helped push them to that level to say, hey. And I think, and of course, in that situation where you're both set back to back, Henley wins a 3A. You think the Mazama Pressure's kids? On Mazama. <laughs> you don't think the Mazama kids didn't get didn't get the message, you know? I mean, it was subconscious. It's nothing anybody talked about, but that subconscious saying, "Look, if they want it, we need to win it." Mm -hmm. And so, they kind of created an it created an an extra incentive to go out there and win. Do what they had do what <laughs> they had to do, and they did so. And I think they did so, and I, and I think. <clears throat> One of the factors for for Mazama at that point is is you have to remember is they'd had several wrestlers make the state championships and and lose in the finals. Um, they had a two person track team win a state title, but you know the softball team winning state championships, whether team or individual, wasn't something that was very common at Mazama. Mm -hmm. So there was also that little extra pressure to break the barrier. And I think if you go back, and you go back since then, in several sports, you've seen Mazama go on and have, they've gone on and had some success in soccer. Um, you had the success in girls basketball. But for the boys, that championship kind of, as a team, helped break, helped break the, um, the barrier yeah, break, that, break the that, that they knew that they could win a baseball championship. And that did carry over when they went down to four, went from four A to three A, and had that little run. 
I mean, no question about it. I mean, I think um, there again, you know, you got to be good. You got to have some luck. Mm-hmm. You got to have a lot of intangibles, and they happen to have. And and um, one of the intangibles was it was the roller coaster they got on. They, they jumped on the roller coaster with Henley, and it was an unbelievable afternoon. Yeah, and it for, forgot to mention that a lot of those players made up the Columbia Falls Falcons that also won the one le- state one state legion won the state so. legion title. And um, so base- baseball was a uh, and pretty dominant that year. And there were ki- there were kids off of both those teams, and as well as KU. That the sixteen eighteen Babe Ruth team finished second in the state tournament qualif- to qualify for a regional tournament. So there was a ton of talent in the in the, in the base in that time. Yeah, a lot of talent. So I do want to talk more about this covering two state title games in in a day because I did the same thing uh, two months ago with uh, obviously Henley baseball and Henley softball both making it. Your day turned out you wrote much more. Stories well, that were much more fun. And well, it, it, you know, it's always... I want to say, you know, it's more fun to cover a team that wins, but sometimes it's not because sometimes you get more realistic answers and, and more realistic um, feel of the teams when they don't win. But mm-hmm. um, I think there's there was a... You know, I mean, that's one of the things I heard when I moved here back in, in, in December of 1989 is Klamath Falls is a baseball town. Well, when you know that Klamath County's won more state baseball championships than any other any other in the state of Oregon. What I, you know, and, and so there was a certain element of that involved, obviously. Mm-hmm. To me, Klamath Falls is a great sports town because you, I mean, I can go back through and just, oh my gosh, you know, um, Henley soccer, uh, Mazama girls soccer, KU girls soccer, KU boys, saw, you know, you up and down, and, and then you know football. Um, KU and Wazama had a couple. KU had a great football team in the fall of '89. They made it to the. I know they made it to. The, I think they got beaten the quarterfinals down here in a snowstorm, but. So you, you know you have that element there, and and. Um, the hard part is is trying to, and of course those were the days. People, I mean, you know, and, and I look back. I wish I, I wish I had saved the old beat up portable little thing we had. It, it's nothing like our laptops now. Yeah, and you had to have certain plugins and <clears throat> a certain level of plugins, and um, you, it, it was it was a weird setup, and it would take it would take sometimes um, ten or fifteen minutes for your story to move completely. <laughs> Whereas right now. Email, you know, it's like it's like within, you know, it's like within how long? I mean, it's like I mean, I've had times and times with OIT basketball where I'll be back in Branson or Sioux Falls or Sioux City or someplace, and whoever's back here is is already doing copy editing work before I can call. Yeah, you know, well those those days weren't that way. So now you're hustling to kind of create all this stuff and get it done. While keeping notes and keeping box scores, and uh, you know, and, and just um, looking for the feature stories that come out of that kind of stuff. I mean, I think you alluded to the fact that one of the sidebar stories that particular the day, the next day after after the championships, mm-hmm. was that Dale Houck was coaching Henley um, a couple of days after his mother had passed away. 
Um, so you're always kind of, you know, so you're, and there, of course, there you're, you know, at that place, Old Civic Stadium for bait was, it's no longer a baseball, it's a soccer yeah. facility, but, and I've got great memories of, of Civic slash Multnomah Stadium, but the press box is, you know, you're far removed from the fans, yeah. you're far removed from the, way up there. Well, no, at that time it was, it was behind home plate, it was down, at, down on the bottom. Oh, really? <clears throat> but you're still away from the fans, and, mm-hmm. and you, you know, and to get out on the field to get stuff, it was, it was, it was a different, you know, it was, it was t- much more, much more difficult uh, than, it, than it is at some of the facilities that we get to use now, but, um, you know, those are the kind of days you sit down and, you know, that, I had this discussion with a couple of friends of mine when I was back in South Dakota a year ago, you know, back in March with doing OIT men and women's basketball as well as the national track field, track meet. And, you know, and we were having this discussion. I, I have a, I have people I know who have been in the business for as long as I have, have never had the opportunity to cover a state championship team. Yeah. Have never had the opportunity to cover a national championship team. And I'm sitting here going, God, <laughs> cover two in one day. I got two in one day, you know, and, 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 and of course we'd had plenty of others because we'd had, We'd had some soccer and, and basketball, you know, soccer and, and uh, um, football. You know, we'd had some other teams that were all in the finals, mm-hmm. you know, Mazama softball and all that stuff. But to do two in one day, that was, uh, it was a challenge. But, you know, but, you know, as a writer, you know, it's kind of, I, and I don't know, as a writer, you're, you're not much different than the athletes. You're, I mean, the end of the season is harder because you've gone because it's been a grind. Yeah. I mean, because you've gone through the whole season and and where you where we're dealing here. So we so we're not only not only have the baseball teams, we've had some softball teams that were pretty good. We've had track and field kids who are pretty good. <coughs> um, you know, we fortunately we had somebody who could cover track and field, but we had golf and we had tennis and we had good kids at, in those sports. And so you get to the end of the year. Well, you're, you know, you kind of, it, it's a grind, so you get a little bit tired. I mean, you know, you just like the athletes do, it's been a long season. So all of a sudden, now you start the playoffs, and all of a sudden, now it becomes, it's almost an adrenaline flow sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, I walk in, you know, so I walk into Civic Stadium, which to me, I hate, it's still, to me, it's not, it's Multnomah Stadium, it will always be Multnomah Stadium. I mean, I've seen some great things happen there, but you walk into the stadium, and you have, you're in an adrenaline flow. Yeah. I mean, you just get you have an adrenaline high because you're because you're covering. You know, it's not you're not just covering another game. You're covering the state championship, and yet you. So as a writer, you know, you have that same um, level of of excitement and and expectation. And I'm you know, and so you go through the process and trying to get all your you know. So then, the game ends. You're trying to get all your quotes. You're trying to get all your information. You're getting the box score, and you're going through different things, and so then you're sitting down and trying to put everything together. And my expectation right now would be, as if I were to go back and read my stories, I would be going, "Oh my God, I should have mentioned this. Why did I mention that <laughs> and not do this?" And but I'm also probably there's nobody there's nobody in the world a harsher critic of my of what I do than myself. Yeah. But you but so I mean as a writer, I mean you have that same adrenaline flow that the kids have yeah. and the coaches have and the fans have and um, at that time 
Um, I, you know, I would stay with my folks, so I'd get over to my folks' place on after two games on Saturday, have my stories back and all that. Um, Sunday, I was almost zombie-like because I was coming out of this euphoric state covering to, to do all this stuff. And at that time, I didn't, you know, um, we had enough staff where I could come home on Tuesday. I'd have a couple of days to kind of get back into a, into a real-life mode. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... <clears throat> that's exactly how I feel. I almost feel like like once once a team gets into the playoffs, then it's like, all right, now it's like this is like quote unquote like our playoffs as well. All of a sudden, you know, this I feel like our 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 stories have to well, rise to the occasion of, of the playoff team, basically. Know, I think well the, you know, I think one of the things and I don't mean to belittle anyone or any group or anything, but um it's great when games are on radio or, or on T V. However, um, there's a certain onus on the newspaper, as we've discovered over the last week or so. But there's there's a certain onus on the newspaper because people can't create a scrapbook off of radio broadcasts and TV broadcasts. And, of course, the TV stations would have clips of all this stuff going on, too. Mm-hmm. The onus was on us to have all that information out there for them. Not only it was pregame, day before, postgame. And follow up, and and so there's a level of um, of um, expectation on our part that we would give them stu- the, that when all these kids got home and mom and dad got home and grandma and grandpa got home and whoever else, they could get papers and and create scrapbooks that that um, exist. And I know for a fact that there, I've got friends who have showed me scrapbooks from. They're playing days in the in the fifties and the sixties, and and uh, well, every once in a while, any way we can get a copy of a paper from nineteen seventy two, a game story, because we want to finish. We didn't keep one, and I'm going uh, a little late for that, sports <laughs> fans. But I mean, you know, so I mean, there, there's an expectation there too that I think um, puts a little bit of pressure on us to do our jobs and do it well. Yeah, and when we do. Um, I think you know. I think the frustration with with what we do is we don't get praised very often. We get ripped all the time. I mean, this, and this this you know I've been doing this for a long time, um, and I can think of situations every place I've ever been. You know, you don't get a lot of praise, but you sure you know. But at the same time, I'm sure there's football players from that Lost River football team that that periodically go back. Especially now, because you're talking 20, 22 years, yeah. they may, have, you know, some of those guys, they may have sons who are playing football now and can go back and say, "Hey, look." Um, same thing with baseball players. I mean, Josh Moore can go back and say, "Hey, I played," <coughs> you know, and, and and kids have a tendency to, yeah, sure. Well, when you've got that copy there, you know, and and, and um, there might be brothers. I mean, one, you know, the Nelson brothers were all at Mazama during this. Oh, was Jake the oldest one? Was was with this team? Good in, good third baseman. But so you have. So there's an expectation that that we have, and 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 um, when you do your job well, you know, it's never bothered me not to get a whole lot of pats on the back. But and and I've all you know so, but yeah, there's there's a little pressure there to to get the job done because we're the we're going to be the record forever and they're going to have it and uh, 
to get a day where you to get a day like that day in in uh, June of 1996, they don't come along very lot very often. And when you get them, better take advantage of them because um, it's special. Yeah, that was that was very well put. I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to say it, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. No, I think I think that you you summed summed that up very nicely. Yeah. It's kind of well, I think life of a well, newspaper I, man. Well, I think that. I think the other part is it's like um, I don't see a lot of these kids. It's a lot of, you know, they're all kids to me. I'm sorry, that's a terrible terrible use, but a lot of the guys that played on those teams. I don't see a lot of those guys much anymore, but every once in a while, some one of them will show up at a game or a church or at the grocery store someplace, and there's an instant connection. You know, it's, it's like the players and their coaches, but the players, you know, they remember you, they remember the stories you did, they remember the work you did, and there's a, you know, and, and so you have a chance to share some stories like that. And, and, um, I think, you know, I've kind of known this my whole life, my whole career, where we're really hit home, and it has nothing to do with these guys, but it was like, um, my, I have a nephew, my youngest nephew was a tremendous player, mm-hmm. and I was disappointed that he didn't kind of push his college career, because I think he could have played some pro ball, but um, he married a gal who, he married a gal who played at OIT. In fact, she was their home run leader. She was on the top 10 chart for, for several years. And I remember the first time that we were together, and um, I walked by, and my nephew goes, Uncle Steve, I want you to meet Jamie. This is my, you know, and... And you're just like, here, let me tell you some stories well, about Well, no, and, she's, and, you know, and she'd kind of been looking at me kind of funky for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, my, and my nephew goes, you know, he goes, Jamie, this is my Uncle Steve, and he, he's the uh, sports editor down at the newspaper in Klamath Falls. And she looked at me, and she just had this funny look. She says, "Now I know where you were. Now I know you from." Just because you quoted me several times for stories, <laughs> and and her mom had put together a scrapbook. You know, her mom took the paper during the softball season, and so you have those little connections, and I think that's one of the fun things. It's like uh, Brendan Holmes. His his in laws are really good friends of mine. Um, Josh Moore, I, I just I'm I'm thrilled at the success and things that he's doing in there. Um, at the same time, there's other there's other guys that were on these teams where you kind of wonder where they're at, what they're doing these days. A couple of them have had some had some personal issues, but you know, and when you see them, you can be supportive. But so you develop a little bit of a, of a relationship that way too, and. So when you put that whole package together, you got some. You got a really interesting, um, an interesting thing going on. Yeah, and even kind of kind of off that point, this this weekend I'm going up to play in a basketball tournament. And there's going to be you know a couple of players from those Newport <clears throat> from those Newport basketball teams that they're going to be on our team. It'll be you know kind of nice to catch up with them after. After, you know, being pretty involved in their life to not be in their life, and and I think that's you know, um, and I think that's a challenge that a lot of that a 
I've had opportunities to be a beat writer for like for the Trailblazers or for a professional team, and glad I didn't because down because here it's a smaller community. Um, the pay isn't nearly what I could have had, and a lot of things. But at the same time, you know you get that you get that variety. You get football, soccer, volleyball, cross country, basketball, swimming, wrestling, baseball, softball, golf, tennis, track and field. Ice, you know the whole thing. Got to be kind of a jack of all trades, <laughs> you know. And there, and there and there's there's an element there where, um, because of that, you know, you, you do you become a little bit more involved with the community and become a little bit more involved with a lot of the kids. I mean, I still have kids, you know. I st- I, st- I still st- I still see people in a lot of places, a lot of times where it's like, going, hey, dearie, um, where was I at? Third thir- the last third Thursday, the one in June in July. And I love going downtown just to see what's going on and all that. And one of there, there was a young there's a young man at one of the booths. He says, "Mr. Matthews, would you like some water?" It was hot. Yeah, sure. He says, "You probably don't remember me, but you used to write stories about me." And I'm going, "Really?" <laughs> and he told me his name. I'm going, "Yeah, I know. You know, boy, as soon as he told me his name, I knew exactly. School and sport, no problem. But you know, those things are there, and I think." And, and when you get a chance to share those memories, say championship memories with, with, with players and coaches, um, sometimes there might be there may be a, an intermission of years, but it's a connection that you can have and you can share those moments and remember those moments and just say, yeah, I do, you know, I remember, you know, and, and you don't remember very many plays. You don't remember the teams they played. You don't remember the scores. Um, but you remember kind of the connection and the camaraderie of, of the players and coaches. But And you were part of that, you know. Um, and it's special. And, and to, to have been able to do that two games in one day, uh, crazy. Yeah. No, it's... I just even just think back to to that day, just uh, almost two months ago to the day. Just you know, these two teams were so close, so close. They had like the the chances w- were there, and they just just couldn't do it. And it's just like that's you know, I always always appreciate the the players. You know, after after a game like that, where you know they they're so close to their goal and they just you know s- suffered this you know you know devastating loss one of the and you know they have tears in their eyes and they're still you know willing to talk and that's just well i think that says something about that's just that's just something about the kids themselves it's just something about their parents their coaches um i've always had i've always believed one thing the closer you get to a goal the harder it is to not achieve it um, if you get beat in the first round of the state of the, of the state playoffs, it's like, well, we made it. The, but the closer you get still to the hurts, goal, still hurts. But you know, yeah, you know, but yeah, you know, it's like, hey, we had a pretty good year, yeah, you know, all that. But the closer you get, especially when you get to the championship game and you don't, you know, and and, and the other, t- you know, I hate using the word terms wins and losses. The other team outscored you mm-hmm. because that's probably a truer sense, but. Because what is winning and losing? I mean, um, it's it's a scoreboard thing, but there's also a lot of other elements in. Sure. And so, to me, I've always believed that the closer you get to that goal, the harder it is to to handle and to accept what happened. And and um, 
we'll go back to that football team from Lost River. They didn't make the playoffs. That was their goal, you know. And so all of a sudden, you know, there was an incentive there. If you don't win a state championship one year, especially if you have a lot of players coming back, there's a there's an incentive, there's a goal to work for that the next year, you know. So you begin to focus on that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and um, that you can be able to share and share a championship and, and ensure those memories are, are just special. Yeah. And it is, I think, for everybody. Well, I wasn't exactly expecting the pod to take this sort of turn, but glad it did. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think, I, I, you know, I think the thing that I've been having fun with this is for me is um, kind of getting, okay, here's, here's kind of the general, jury, the, the general area we're going to be in. But as you start coming back and start taking up players and individuals and situations and games and, you know, I, I can think of things from the, I can, you know, I can think of memories I have from the 1990 KU baseball team, the first state championship that I covered in, in Klamath Falls. Uh, the 1991 Henley, Henley baseball team. Um, that, w that was just, and, and the things that took place there. You know, um, another name that I think about, the other outfielder from, from Azama that year was Adam Cyphers. Well, I, his dad is a good friend of mine, and we've developed a good relationship. And, and Adam went back to school in the Midwest, and, and he had questions. And he'd, he'd, you know, he'd call me or, or say, well, okay, so we'd talk about things. And, you know, so you go through that, and, and, and it is a um, – there's a lot you're going to forget. I mean, you can't remember all the players. You can't remember all the individuals. You can't remember all the things that took place. But you can remember a lot of the generic and, you know, and, and some of the things going in that way. And, and uh, I think sometimes we fail to remember that um, we've all had some pretty good success in our lives. And, and we need to enjoy it, but we need to share it. And sometimes we don't do a very good job of that. Yeah. Well, see, we hit the, we're almost at the hour mark. Any, any parting words? No parting words for today. No. I got to go to the store and get some more meds so I can keep getting this uh, sore throat under control so I can work this weekend. Why you go have fun? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Steve, for for battling through, overcoming overcoming some uh, some illnesses oh, and. You know, I don't mind. You know, I don't mind the cold in the wintertime, but in the summertime when it's ninety degrees, it ain't no fun. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of things that aren't fun when it's when it's ninety degrees, but. Uh, Steve, this was a this was a fun one. I'm glad we were able to get it get it in this week, and we didn't have to push it off another week. Yep, I I agree, and we'll just figure out something for next week, and probably you know, and then um, I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks, but we'll we'll get you know we'll get through a lot more stuff. Yeah, and then before we know it, it is things we are, are really in. Can, we are in season. Yeah, can't come soon enough. <laughs> okay. Thanks again for everyone who tuned into the pod. We are officially on iTunes, Google Play, as well as SoundCloud. If you search for HN Sports Podcast, they'll actually show up. Subscribing is the best way to ensure that you get these weekly pods as soon as they are published. We are always looking for new topics to discuss in these podcasts. So if you have any suggestions, let us know. Find us on Facebook. Send us an email. Or even use these things called a telephone. All right. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Have a good week.